0: Read Smart, the Bailey Gifford Prize for Non-Fiction podcast. This podcast is generously supported by the Blavatnik Family Foundation. Hello, I'm Razia Iqbal. Thank you for joining us today for this shortlist episode of the Read Smart podcast. Now, if you haven't already heard, Caroline Sanderson, chair of the 2022 Bailey Gifford Prize judges, announced the shortlist at a live event on stage at the Cheltenham Literature Festival. Here's the moment the list was announced. I'm delighted to announce that the 2022 Bailey Gifford Prize for Nonfiction Shortlist is Legacy of Violence, A History of the British Empire by Caroline Elkins. The Escape Artist, The Man Who Broke Out of Auschwitz to Warn the World by Jonathan Friedland. My Fourth Time We Drowned, Seeking Refuge on the World's Deadliest Migration Route by Sally Hayden. The Restless Republic, Britain Without a Crown by Anna Kay. A Fortunate Woman, A Country Doctor's Story by Polly Moreland. And Super Infinite, The Transformations of John Donne by Katherine Rundell. And joining me here today in our virtual studio up in the cloud, I'm joined by two of this year's judges, Rachel Cook and Georgina Godwin. Rachel is a writer and columnist for The Observer and television critic for The New Statesman, as well as author of Her Brilliant Career, Ten Extraordinary Women of the 50s. And Georgina is a broadcast journalist who presents the interview programme Meet the Writers, well worth listening to, and the current affairs show The Globalist on Monocle 24. She's also books editor for The Station and chairs many literary events worldwide. Welcome to you both. Thanks for being with us.
1: Hello. Thank you.
0: So let's start by uh, just talking about this experience. I've been a judge on the Bailey Gifford Prize, and it, it is both deeply enriching but a really difficult difficult job to go from the long list to the short list Uh, I was talking to two of the judges three of the judges uh, in the last podcast about uh, whittling everything down to the long list so um let's start with you Rachel how hard has that been from the long list to
2: the short list well actually I found this part slightly easier than the long list um all the books that I wanted to be on the short list ended up on it. So I feel quite sort of happy and smug generally. I mean, it is, <laughs> it, is um, it is difficult. I mean, the whole process is difficult because you're reading very good books and you're also, and I think this is the harder part, you're reading books that are very uh, different from one another. And there's an occasional feeling of having to weigh up apples and pears. And that is very challenging. And you have to put out of your mind all the hum of an author's reputation, the way a book has been reviewed, received, um, the idea of whether they're writing about an important subject, even the length of the book, you have to sort of ignore that. And you somehow have to get to the essence of the book and why you feel that it moves your reading soul, I suppose. And that is that is hard. But I actually did very much enjoy the shortlist meeting because, yeah, it was all going my way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you were happy and smug. Georgina, this idea of um, comparing apples with pears is a, it, it's a perennial problem with the Bailey Gifford. Well, not problem, but it's a challenge, right? Because th- there are books every year that are enormous. They feel really important. And then there are books that are beautiful, but smaller in terms of, I don't mean their length, but just the particularities that they might be dealing with.
1: Absolutely. And, and as Rachel says, this this was a, an, an issue and you do have to just not, not let that cloud your judgment in any way. Uh, and you are just, I mean, in the end, it's down to the power and the beauty of the writing because it can be a very small subject but if it's if it's rendered in such a way that it moves your soul then 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 of course that that, that doesn't matter at all and i think i mean for the shortlist meeting, I think Rachel and I were pretty much aligned on what we liked, which was wonderful. Uh, and, and like Rachel, I am feeling a, a little bit smug <laughs> because uh, my the books I, I really love are on there. And there was a really useful question that somebody asked us. They said, if you had to recommend this book to a friend, what would you say? And, and even more than that, which book would can you not wait to press into the hands of, of readers? And that was the thing, I think, that really clarified my thinking uh, when we were sort of weighing up between a, a couple that, that might have made it. It was like, well, if I was recommending this to somebody I really cared about, which one would I want them to read and why? And, and that had a, a great way of kind of focusing the mind. I, I do think
0: that that's a, a really significant question to ask, because in any given year, we know hundreds of thousands of books are published and in the non-fiction field in particular they range of course from you know extraordinary new biographies of subjects that we know quite a lot about but but also of people that perhaps the general public have never heard of so I I suppose it is that thing you know how excited are you to to press this book into the hands of a uh, of an individual but and this is the really big but, Rachel, I suppose, because your next step, of course, is to choose the winner and you have to choose a shortlist of which any one of those six books could win. And, and that's tough, right?
2: Yeah, you. I mean, you, you. there's no point putting a book on the shortlist that you don't feel could win the prize. Um, and I, I mean, in terms of, I I feel all the books could win the prize. Obviously, I do have my darlings already. Um, And there's certainly one book on this list that I have um, bought, I think, three times now as a present for someone else. So I think that's quite a good sign. I feel um, it's not only just feeling proud about the list. It's it's that evangelical sense of you absolutely must read this i've bought it for you it's going to change the way you think about x or y um i mean they are six really excellent books i think i i, I um a large part of my life is spent uh reading for a living you know i i review a lot of books and i i feel that i have quite a good sense of Um, The landscape. And I think these are really, really six very, very good and uh, important books. They contribute to debates that we're having and they are um, potentially um, mind bending.
0: Georgina, I mean, when when you hear Rachel talking about a particular book that she has bought for friends, I mean that that suggests that there will be some pretty lively discussion taking place in terms of defending particular books. <laughs> <laughs> Presumably, that's already happened, and and you kind of all know where your your colours have been pinned to which mask. But but it is also about both persuading people and being willing to be persuaded isn't
1: it and that's such an important point I mean there was a book on the long list that that I really really loved that didn't get through but in the end I think that people can be very persuasive and you have to be open to that you have to be able to see their point and see why perhaps it it wouldn't work as well as others I think the 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 winner meeting the, the the meeting to decide who ultimately gets the prize is going to be very difficult because as Rachel said I think we've all got a secret favourite one or two and they are books that we are very passionate about and I think that's so important that we do feel so so strongly about these books I mean you know there's talk of wanting to press it into someone's hand or in Rachel's case buying it three times already for <laughs> And and I think that meeting uh, you know we've all been terribly polite to each other there have been no out and out rows i'm not sure that's going to be the case for the winner meeting
0: <laughs> i mean i i wonder i'm just remembering my own experience of of judging this prize and 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 it's um it's interesting to hear that that everyone's being polite because i wouldn't regard the meetings that we had ever as being tense but there was some pretty robust defending uh, of uh, particular books and arguing against um, judges who uh, were willing to s- say, this is the one I'm, I want to win and I'm not going to change my mind about this. Rachel, how how would you describe the kind of atmosphere so far
2: behind the scenes? Um, well, I have judged other prizes in the past and... Um Sometimes it did get quite bloody. Um, I'm not going to lie about that. <laughs> uh, um, this has been much more friendly, although I will say that um, Clive Murray, who's um, one of our judges, who's not able to be with us today, he got slightly duffed up um, when we chose the shortlist. Um, <laughs> we've, he, it was a bit unfortunate for him because he was in the meeting via Zoom, so there may have been a feeling of us ganging up on him. I don't know. I mean, I... I I think Georgina's right, you have to listen to other people's um, uh, point of view. I I find it quite hard to be um, equivocal about books. I feel very, I tend to feel very strongly about them. I've always been like that, really, from being a child. Um, And I, I do have to bite my lip sometimes when I think someone's talking bunkum about a book but um yeah so far it's been very friendly we'll see I don't know but maybe bring boxing gloves to the next meeting
1: (laughs) I I love the idea of of Clive we should just tell you what the the situation was because he was joining by zoom because he couldn't be there but before you feel sorry for him he was joining from a Venetian palazzo (laughs) 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 And, and he did turn the camera around to show us this absolutely exquisite room. And while we were waiting for people, went into some depth about the kind of Renaissance decorations and and how it was all set up. What a lovely time he was having. So
2: I'm not crying for Clive. I mean he, he wasn't broadcasting from a basement in Kiev. I don't think anyone should be misled. No, he
0: was he was just on holiday <laughs> and rocking up. Um oh, that's very that's very amusing. I wonder where he'll be for the for the final uh judging uh, meeting. I mean I, I I do think that this is a... I um I mean I, I don't know, Rachel, you were talking about having judged other book prizes. I mean I, I have two, uh both fiction and non fiction, and I this this one's unique it seems to me because because it does um it does force you to think about why a book is important because in the end i think the judgment that you'll make with the winner is to do with this being in the judgment of these um these judges the most important book in non-fiction this year
2: yes and i i think it is um challenging particularly because it takes you outside your, um, your kind of comfort zone, you're reading about subjects that you may know nothing about. Um, one of the books on our long list was about um, Chinese characters. And, you know, that for me was, a, you know, completely uh, alien, subject I'd never read anything about it before I'd never read anything like this book so you 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 have to be very attentive to the fact that you're um, is anything is it possible to make anything interesting I believe that it is and that's a sign of good writing So you have this wonderful feeling of going into all these new worlds you're you're sort of forced to read books that you would never normally choose and that for me has been, a really, really good thing because normally I choose the books I review. And obviously, if you're judging a fiction prize, that's, you know, you're, not, you're not being challenged in that particular way. I, I think that's w- what's amazing about The Bailey Gifford is that it brings whole areas uh, to readers. I remember when Barbara Demnick won some years ago with her book about North Korea,
0: yeah, and Nothing to Envy. Yes, an incredible, and, and,
2: book. A, an incredible book. And I had never read anything about North Korea. And I went out and bought that book because I'd heard it had won the prize and I'd read good things about it. And, you know, it was just it was an incredible reading experience because it took me to somewhere I'd never, ever thought about before. I'm ashamed to say. So I think that that, that this prize is special in that way. And 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 I suppose in a way you're also
0: highlighting uh the importance of book prizes, because if you had never heard of either that writer or mm. thought about reading a book about mm. North Korea, her winning the what was, of course, the Samuel Johnson Prize um meant that you you went and, and, and read it. And I and I, I think also, Georgina, one of the things that that is so striking about reading uh for a nonfiction prize is how mind expanding it is.
1: Oh, completely, and I mean there were there were some books that that didn't even make the long list, and and you're aware that within you know a few chapters that they're not going to, but they were so interesting, you just needed to to carry on reading. I, I had no idea, for instance, that marine insurance was so fascinating, uh, and and there was just I mean, so so mind expanding, uh, and 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 just. Another a sort of feature of it, and I, and I think something we have to be slightly wary of, uh, but I think it's important is when you look at last year's winner, Empire of Pain, uh, about the Sacklers and and the 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 whole health
0: Patrick Rabin's uh, extraordinary exactly.
1: book, really extraordinary book. But what that book did was, I think, it changed policy and it changed minds. It had an absolute w- impact on the real world, and. I would love whoever we choose to have as much of an impact. But I think that that can't be our baseline, you know, because good writing will be good writing, whether it changes the world or not. But I think that that is a, a wonderful kind of spinoff, particularly when you look at, at, at Patrick's book.
0: And so of the six books on the list this year, five are written by women. Uh, Rachel, complete coincidence, was there? Argument made
2: for um no. <laughs> we only noticed actually when we arranged the six books uh on the table. Um, and then I think it was me I said, Oh look, we've only got one bloke. Um I, I mean it's I don't believe that you should ever um choose a prize based on anything other than the quality of the work. However, um I will say that in the past Quite a lot of men have won this prize, and non fiction, certainly in people's minds, has been dominated um, by men. So, for me, this is incredibly um, cheering, and even more cheering than that, these women are on areas which um, stereotypically might be considered um, uh, male areas. You know, uh, one of the books um, the author has been into. You know, she's travelled around the world as a reporter, going to some quite dangerous places. So, it, I think it's 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 fantastic that five of of them are women, and I I'm I'm thrilled about it. But it it was totally accidental.
0: Georgina, I mean, you read an awful lot, like Rachel, too, for your job. I I, I wonder whether you think that that what we're seeing is perhaps representative of a of a wider shift in in the publishing world over, over the last decade or so, that, that women are uh, just becoming more confident in uh, it, writing in areas that have been dominated by male writers.
1: I mean, I think what we're seeing is a a shift possibly in the publishing industry in terms of who the big publishers are hiring and who are making those decisions. Uh, Because before, I I mean, one mustn't pretend that it wasn't the case, that it was largely white, middle class men who made those decisions. Uh, And that has been changing very much uh, over the last few years where you're seeing a, a, a lot of new blood coming into publishing, a lot of new ideas, people who are happy to take a chance. Uh, and and to, to kind of open those doors a little bit more, it's much more diverse in terms of gender, in terms of, of, of race, in terms of class. Uh, and I think that there, there has definitely been a, a, a kind of broadening of where those books come from. That being said, though, you can, only, you can only judge the books from the ones that are submitted. And the ones that are submitted, of course, are controlled by the publishers. I was sad that we didn't have a, a greater spread of, of different races within that but those those submissions simply weren't there
0: so just a final question just reflect for me if you would uh, both of you on how you're feeling about having to get your heads into these six books again rachel um
2: well it's an interesting experience because um you're going to we're going in the next few weeks we will reread these books and I think that's a very that's a real test for a book. Um, does it bear rereading, particularly quite soon after the first time you've read it? And I think um, that does sort of sort the wheat from the chaff. You know, will I what will I notice? What new things will I notice about a book? Will I feel more compelled by it or less compelled by it? So I'm I'm looking forward to it, and I'm I am looking forward to the final meeting because it will be interesting to see how um, that experience has affected the other judges.
0: Georgina, the the exercise of rereading is an interesting one, isn't it? Because really not that many people reread books.
1: It is very, very interesting. And it's something I have to say I'm really looking forward to because each of those books moved me profoundly in, in some way or another. I'm a little bit frightened in a way because some of them really did have a huge effect on me and to know that one's emotions are going to be wrung out all over again uh, is, is is quite daunting but but I mean uh four out of the six I've already read twice uh, and so going back for a third time I mean uh, Rachel's absolutely right you 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 notice different things every time and I think certainly by, by the time of the third reading it's the quality of the writing you know what happens you know all the facts you know all the shocking things and hopefully perhaps you're a little bit emotionally in, inured to, to, to how you're going to feel but the quality of the writing will sing out particularly I think on on rereading and I honestly can't wait any one of these books is a hugely worthy winner and and the prospect of sitting down for, for a couple of days cuddled up with a fabulous book is just something to be absolutely cherished
0: and in the end that that's what these book prizes are, are all about isn't it that you that you can convey the enthusiasms of six judges to um, the rest of the country and indeed the world. Uh, I really do love the Bailey Gifford Prize and I'm so grateful to you Rachel and Georgina for uh, spending some time talking about this process and what it's been like for you. Um, Thank you both and congratulations on narrowing this long list uh, down to these six Uh, amazing books. Now, if you're interested in learning more about the books on this year's shortlist, then do join the Bailey Gifford Prizes director, Toby Mundy, who will be back here over the next few weeks. And Toby is going to be talking to each of the shortlisted authors, lucky him, about their work and what it's like to make the shortlist. And you can also join in the conversation if you want on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok at G. Prize, where we will be sharing trailers for each of the shortlist, including readings by the authors and appearances from some familiar faces explaining why they love these books. Now, the winner announcement is going to take place on the 17th of November at the Science Museum in London and will be available to watch via live stream on Facebook and YouTube. And you can catch the winner at the Cambridge Literary Festival on Sunday, November the 20th, just three days after the announcement. For more information and to book your ticket, visit the Cambridge Literary Festival's website. Thank you once again to the Blavatnik Family Foundation for its continued generous support of this podcast and the winner ceremony. And thank you for listening. Congratulations to all the shortlisted authors. I can't wait to find out more about these six extraordinary non-fiction books. Till the next time. Bye-bye. Read Smart, the Bailey Gifford Prize for Non-Fiction podcast. This podcast is generously supported by the Blavatnik Family Foundation.